Guess what, guys? We're not doctors. No, we are not. So if you're going to be making any major medical decisions, please consult your doctor. That includes diets, surgeries, and exercise. We love you guys. And we want you to continue to be in our OSLP family forever. So be careful and consult your doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back, OSLP family. Welcome, welcome. welcome. Uh, You're listening to our Sleep Live podcast. This is Kelly. This is Mel. And, oh my God, you guys. Holy shit. Yeah. We're <laughs> so, like, we have uh, the most amazing person. And I remember the moment that um, we got the message. We got a text message from yeah. her and we were just like, Oh my Holy god. Shit. Oh Holy my shit. god. We were in Florida and we yeah. were on our last day in Florida we and I was like pool. I was like holy shit Mel. Holy shit. Like is this happening? And so we have the one and the, the only, only Lisa fucking Lampanelli. Yeah. On the show. Yeah. So welcome Lisa. Welcome. Oh my god. In advance you're welcome cuz this is the best day of your life. Trust me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, you have no idea. You have no idea. <laughs> oh, my God. When we, that message came through, I was, like, literally jumping up and down. Yeah. And my yeah. husband's like, what's going on? I was like, oh, my God, look. Look, it's real. <laughs> it's, it's real. <laughs> yeah, because oh, I... Well, that's so nice of you. Because, yeah, I, I don't even remember how your podcast came into my transom. But I think it was because Dr. Dovek is a good friend of mine. Yes. I had been feeling really tired after the pandemic mm. because I am the person who got the sleeve 11 years ago and yeah. didn't follow any rules. Uh-oh. And you know, I did whatever the hell I wanted, uh-huh. but I kept my weight off. So I was like, well, isn't that just the goal? And then I'm like, yeah, but I'm exhausted. So I called Dr. Dobek and then she had said, um, then she had like been on your podcast. I'm like, oh, those chicks seem cool. So I'm in retirement. I got nothing to do. I'm like, let's do this. Yes. Yes. We're so excited because you have the ultimate experience. Yeah. Being yeah. 11 years out. And like you said, you there weren't many rules back then, right? Well, there were rules. There were. I just ignored them because <laughs> what I did okay. I, as a, uh, I was a very well-known comedian for many years mm-hmm. and I paid for my surgery myself because mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm not waiting. Like mm-hmm. I just was that person who was just like, wanted everything they want when they want it. <laughs> that would be me. Like, sort of, I'm paying. So I get to do what I want. <laughs> but, um, you know, I felt like almost like I deprived myself on diets mm. since I was, you know, 18 years old from 18 to 50. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do what I want. Mm. Keep the weight off. However it takes. Meaning if I'm, if I'm allowed three bites of food, if that's all I can keep down at a meal, mm. it's going to be three bites that count. Like it's going to yes. be that's amazing food. Yes. So yes, I wasn't totally irresponsible. I did eat tons of protein, obviously, okay. mm-hmm. but I was like water who drinks water. <laughs> yeah. Again, I was very lucky because my metabolism is great and I'm allowed to sort of make those things and then take ownership of it and say, oh, I need to like get back on the horse. So after my mom died a few months ago and I was feeling exhausted and I thought it was just grief mm-hmm. because I'm all about feeling your feelings. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I was like, well, maybe there's something else going on too. Mm-hmm. So that's when Dr. Doek ordered all these tests. I was like, oh, I'm literally anemic. And they said, come in tomorrow for an infusion. So that oh, was like a big deal. Wow. And I just went to the iron doctor today for a follow-up and he was like, oh yeah, you're fine now. Oh. So that, but if had I wow. not 
said to myself, I'm ready to follow some rules and some guidelines, yeah. I probably would still be exhausted. So again, when you get the surgery, there are certain rules that maybe <laughs> I should have followed. But again, it's that's one's journey. And that's why yeah. I'll probably stick with the vitamins and stick with mm-hmm. the smaller bites and more protein still mm-hmm. because it kind of works. It, it, I mean, it does. It's proven to work does, yeah. by following the rules, you know, and yeah. it doesn't mean you have to follow the rules. Like you said, like 24 seven, you're allowed to have a splurge. You're allowed to have an alcoholic drink. Yeah. You're allowed to do these things, but it's learning that moderation is huge. You it's didn't huge. necessarily have before surgery. Well, and learning the behaviors because right. like mm-hmm. not realizing, oh, I'm going to get food because I'm upset. Like, yeah. Or lonely yeah. or don't feel good. Mm-hmm. Or- well, the, the whole thing is, I mean, I've been so public about the surgery. I remember calling TMZ from my hospital room in my little <laughs> gown with that IV attached and doing a little dance and stuff. I was just like, oh, I'm not that celebrity who doesn't put it out there. Like, mm-hmm. there's no shame in this. Yeah. And literally when I went to meet the doctor who did my surgery in Jersey, he was so great. Dr. Trevetti, he did like, um, you know, uh, Rosie O'Donnell's, a lot of people's. And he was, this was after mine. And he was like, um, okay, I see the list of diets you've been on and exercise plans. And he just showed it to me and he goes, do you think you're, it's enough? It was literally, you know, pages and pages. And I was like, yeah. And I had so no shame about it. Right. And I was like, I'm going to tell everybody. So I went on Dr. Oz and all these, um, Howard Stern a lot, a lot of these places. And I was just like, I am totally freaking proud of myself that I did this. Yeah. It should be. Yeah. Really should be. But it had to be that it had to be when I was really ready. And I think that's Mm. the big key to doing this is when. I mean, every single interview I've given, I've been like, do not get this unless you have therapy and you figure mm-hmm. out why you eat because mm-hmm. that's the hardest thing. No one's fat because we like food. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, nobody's yeah. fat because they want to be fat. Right. Like, oh my God. Yeah. You know? I don't see anyone. It's like mm-hmm. choosing to be gay or choosing to be African-American mm-hmm. or uh, an immigrant. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll pick uh, something that has a stigma and white people and thin people are terrible about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me just pick this thing and be that. It's like nobody picks that. No, yeah. so, not at all. And again, yeah, can you imagine someone going, yeah, I'll get fat today. Yeah. The best we can do is go, hey, I accept myself as I am. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud of people who can. I just, you know, I'm at the age group that I don't think we had role models. I was going to say the tools. Positivity people. It's it's hard. Yeah. I remember actually um, watching America's Top Model Mm. for years and it was, you know, stick thin, crazy tall, thin people. And I remember the season that they brought on their first plus size model and she was actually like a size 12. Okay. So she she was like, she was thinner than me. Now, like, or like, right, probably a little bit bigger than I am. I'm a 10 to a 12. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she's about your size. And it's like, I wouldn't consider you plus size. No. Oh, God, no. But the industry does. And Mm -hmm. having been in the industry and so Mm -hmm. visible, Mm -hmm. I had a stylist. Thank God. I She's so good. And I'm still friends with her because at that time, there was no good plus size clothes, really. No. 
And she would have all my dresses made for my comedy specials and the roasts and every appearance I did. And she'd come to my room at 4 a.m. on The Celebrity Apprentice or Howard Stern and be like, oh my God, we got to spend three hours really figuring this out. Building something for you. Yeah, there's no, there was no options back then. Mm. So again, and she was actually a fit model, a plus size fit model. If you guys saw what she looked like, you'd be like, she's, she's literally on the verge of skinny, but she didn't fit that model thin. Mm. And she had no shame in it because she was just like, dude, it's a way to earn a living. Mm. But I always laughed when I go, that's plus size, honey. You Mm. don't know plus size. Let's go 24, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's (laughs) the majority of people that start in, you know, before when they're doing pre-op, that's the size that they're at. You know, Mm -hmm. I was in a size, let's be honest, 22 size pants because Towards the end, I just wore leggings because it was the only thing Super. that, you know, it looked, you yeah. know, you and you could dress it up and you could dress it down and you didn't have to be uncomfortable in jeans. And so 22 was that was the size mm-hmm. I was at. And I know you were my like my pants size was 22, but my wedding dress was like a 28. Well, so wedding dresses are hate those things. Yeah. Well, what's so funny about that was I uh, always I have I had written up off Broadway show that was uh had two ran for two seasons in the city um, called stuffed. And we had this rant about jeans because jeans, literally, I was like, no one looks good in jeans except French women who don't eat. And the fact that <laughs> there's always a muffin top, a camel toe, there's always something going on there. And I'm like, you know what? Even at this size now, mm-hmm. I'm like, jeans freaking suck. Yeah. And it's just torture. And I don't know. There's just so much dramatic stuff that comes with, you know, getting dressed Mm -hmm. is hard. And even now today I put on a pair of pants and they're, they were white and cool as F like they were bell bottom. They were really cool. But I noticed even at my size from the knees up, cellulite does not go away with weight loss. Nope. No, it doesn't. Wow. You can see that through the white. They went right to Goodwill. Yeah. Because I'm all about the second, you know, I'm very into being, you know, trying to be a minimalist and all this. I'm like, you know what? If I cannot throw that on, it's not, it has no place in the house. Mm -hmm. But very interesting journey to notice what we're, you know, comfortable in and not comfortable in. Oh, definitely. I'm starting to learn because I got down to my lowest, which was like 140. Mm. And then now I've gone, I'm about 170. So I've gained about 30 pounds, which mm-hmm. I feel is pretty good for everything for the last year. But uh, I've, I'm noticing like the things that I wore at 140, mm-hmm. they're obviously not fitting me right now. And I'm yes. like, but I'm comfortable with where I'm at now. So that's fine. Well, I think if you have to kill yourself to keep the weight off. Mm-hmm. It's not no, the way you're supposed to be. So exactly. I, my doctor had warned me, he's so good. He had said, you're going to lose too much mm-hmm. and then your body will stay where it should be. Mm-hmm. So that is what happened. Like when I was, oh my God, when I was at the lowest, I look at pictures now and I don't blame people. I'm, I'm still angry at people who said, oh my God, you're too thin. Cause mm-hmm. like, yeah. am I ever good enough for you? Mm-hmm. You are. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I don't, I look at them now and I'm like, okay, no one should have commented on me. However, I should have noticed. But again, he told me, don't worry. Mm-hmm. So I gained that 10 that he thought I should. And without effort, it was just like, that's where my body was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, a lot of your listeners might find this wild. 
during COVID, I mean, every rule was off, doesn't matter, mm-hmm. comfort food, whatever. And I had literally in my head convinced myself, this is how sick food messages are and body image dysmorphia and all that. I'd convinced myself that I'd gained 20 pounds and I was so scared to put on clothes as far as anything other than stretchy stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said to a friend, you know what? I've never been an overweigher. I've never weighed myself more than once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Once a week or once every two weeks. So mm-hmm. I've never been that chick who's obsessed with the scale. And I said, I think for my peace of mind and my craziness, mm-hmm. I have to see if that's true. Mm, yeah. And I had support. I was like, can you be there if I do it? And she's like, sure. Mm. I had wasted a year thinking I gained 20 pounds and I gained six. Oh my and God. I crazy. Said to myself, okay, yeah. you just tortured yourself and you got to work, continue the work on this because mm-hmm. the head and the heart is where this all takes place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 90% of our work is that getting the weight off, keeping it off. It, the keeping it off is about what's up here mm-hmm. and just getting our head around that. And I go, boy, that was a lost year. It's mm-hmm. a shame because mm-hmm. uh, this issue occupies so much space in all our heads and all our lives. It's living oh, yeah. rent free up there and it's fucking annoying. Yeah, it is <laughs> really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think back to this last year and how much I've, I've kind of shamed myself mm-hmm. for gaining weight and mm. then you try to justify it and then you go back to shaming and you kind of yep. do this back and forth thing where you're like, it's fine. Like I'm happy with where I'm at, but you've gained weight. Like, and then you I try know. to think, okay, why am I gaining weight? Right. And uh, it's just this this cycle that is it's it's just horrible. It's interesting because um, when all the Black Lives Matter stuff happened and I was listening to Brene Brown, she had a great, uh, I think it was Austin Channing or someone she was interviewing. And it's about shame. And she said, you can't dismantle. It's a famous quote um, when it comes to you know race. You cannot dismantle the master's house with the master's tools. So how that applies to this is shaming ourselves after a little weight gain, which Mm -hmm. to me, that's what you talk about is a little, in my opinion, because Mm -hmm. I'm kinder to you than you are to you. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. To shame ourselves for the gain. Well, the tools that we used to gain the weight was shame-based because Mm we were, didn't feel good enough or had to medicate feelings or emotions. It's like, wow, we cannot get rid of that weight or the stigma with shaming ourselves. It's literally self-forgiveness. Like it literally is where I go, okay, you'll probably never lose that six. Mm, And maybe if you gain more, maybe that's where you're supposed to be. Mm. But self-forgiveness is 100% of this journey. I just it's hard to do. And I still struggle with it every day, but I think that's the only path. Yeah. No, I love that quote. Well, yeah. Like when we first started this podcast, like I'm only up 10 pounds for my lowest and I'm six years out Mm -hmm. and I would be so mean to myself Mm -hmm. until I got involved in this community. Cause I didn't six years ago, like this huge Instagram community of the weight loss is amazing. I, but they weren't there then. So mm-hmm. I had no one to turn to, no support. And I felt very, very alone. And so I would just shame myself. And then I would like talk to these people, our followers. And they're like, Melanie, like your goals. And I was like, 
oh yeah. shit, I'm someone's goal. Like this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Why am yes. I beating myself up so much? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what it's like? It's like, I have a friend who we'll talk about my podcast later, but I have a friend I do a podcast with. He's 30 years um, old. It's very interesting to do shows with millennials because <laughs> I really like them. I feel like the world's oldest millennial because yeah, I'm woke as fuck. And <laughs> old, old people can deal with it. Like I can't with people my age. But I um, love it. There's, I mean, in general, I'm sure there's some specifics. To work <laughs> but, um, this guy had uh, talked about uh, people who come in and relapse to the program, AA and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I go, what do you say to them? And he goes, I just say, go to a meeting. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you don't like yell at them and stuff. And he's huh. like, no, mm-hmm. he goes, it's their journey to go to a meeting. And I'm like, and that, by the way, also doesn't get mm-hmm. over attached to them getting well versus mm-hmm himself. Right. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's how we should be with weight. It's like, yep. Oh, okay. That's cool. Hey, it happened. Mm-hmm. And now we just get right back on it without the obsession. Mm-hmm. And right. that's probably why I didn't follow rules mm-hmm. initially. Cause I was so obsessed all my life with like calorie counts. And I'm sure like you guys, mm-hmm. you know, we can all name every calorie and every food. <laughs> and it's just like, mm, maybe just pulling back from that a little and that's probably why I broke the rules. So yeah. to not obsess over those pounds we gained mm-hmm. and go, let me be kind and just go, I'll be kind to others. Do no harm to myself. Mm-hmm. Let's make this work the best we can. Yeah. I, I constantly talk about the fact that like, I'll, we'll t- I'll take a photo of myself and I can pinpoint every flaw in that photo. Yeah. But if I take a picture of Mel, I'm like, yep. you're gorgeous. This looks amazing. But she's the same way. Yep. Like she's going to yep. look at it and see all the flaws. And so it's so easy for you to look at at yourself and see every flaw in yourself or every weight gain or, you know, whatever or, stretch mark. And yep. but what other people see is your your beauty or your you. Yep. And really, they, it's just different. It's so crazy to me that you can't see it in yourself. That we can't see it in ourselves. We yeah. can't. And again, those white pants today, mm. would anyone have seen through that material? It was thick. Would anybody see through that material and see that cellulite? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But I was so fat shamed, obviously, in public for mm. so many years, which I don't blame them. I mean, you do roasts. That's what right. you talk about, like people's full, quote unquote. Right. The, yeah, the, the go-tos, yeah. Yeah, and you just go, okay, you know, but... I would have probably never had someone come up to me and say, oh, you know, those don't look good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're so unkind to ourselves and that just has to stop if we yeah. were to keep on this journey correctly. Definitely. I mean, how was it like being like plus size in the entertainment world? Yeah. I was, I always say I was really lucky because I was one of the guys, because I always did comedy like a guy, mm-hmm. like 90% of my material was, you know, I, I could have been a girl or a guy. So I, luckily, by some miracle, I sort of had that male attitude. I didn't kind of get me too. Thank you, God. I have no idea how I avoided all that. And I've never had a trauma with a capital T. Yeah. But all those thousands of small T traumas, meaning the shame and the people making fun on Twitter or here or there and pretending to have a thick skin about it. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it hurts. Yeah. So it have to. It wasn't fun, but also I go, well, I'm going to use this to my advantage. Women will never feel threatened by me as an audience member. Mm-hmm. They're okay. never going to be like, oh, she's trying to hit on my dude. Right. So I feel like it was how it was supposed to be for me. 
the people I always felt sorry for were the women comics who were super hot <laughs> because even if you're funny, there's some broad in the audience who thinks you want um, their husband. And right. See these guys that they think we want, you want to throw up. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, so I, I don't know. I felt like I survived it pretty well, okay. but those things stick with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I don't want anybody to say that on Instagram or Twitter. I remember going to uh, the opening night of Hamilton. For some reason, they thought I was a big enough celebrity to go. I mean, it was <laughs> like, I never know my own level. So I went and it was so exciting. And there have been a lot, a lot of openings, but nothing like that. You mm-hmm. know? And I remember I was one of the best dressed on this list. And I looked really, I, I mean, it's one of the few pictures that I'm like, I was freaking nailing that shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I get put it out on whatever social media it was. And I think a million compliments. And then somebody's like, oh, you look great from the neck down, but you're getting older or old as fuck. Fix your face. And Whoa. honestly, you know what's weird though? It didn't hurt me because it was wrong. Yeah. But it didn't hurt me because I have no shame about something I supposedly can't control. Mm. So all my shame has always been I'm a failure because I couldn't Not control the thing. Mm. Like I have had two shames. Um, you know, I couldn't you can't control where your career goes. You can't control where your um your your you those two things. I had no control over body stuff and career stuff. So if you fail at them, you feel like hurt by the insults. Yeah. Old, I don't give a shit because I'm never doing anything to my neck up. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, who cares? It's called makeup. Learn about it. <laughs> yeah. Like figure it out. <laughs> what we kind of uh, take on is our problem mm. instead of the diet industry's problem mm-hmm. because it is the diet industry that's failed us and yep. the wellness industry, mm-hmm. please. Honey, wellness, dieting in disguise, calm down Whole Foods. Oh, seriously. Growth for Mm -hmm. $79.99. Well, and that's a that's a funny thing that we've kind of talked about a few times where it's, you know, as a as a our our whole society, Mm -hmm. it is cheaper to eat Mm -hmm. like crap versus eat healthy. So going to the store and buying all whole foods, all fruits and vegetables and meats and everything could yeah. cost you, you know, two, three hundred dollars. Yep. But oh, if- and it's so rooted in racism too. Oh because yeah. Because a lot, you know, everybody's like, why are all the poor people fat? Or why are them and I'm like, oh, you try living on a budget. You yeah. try systemic racism for generations mm-hmm. and then not having that trauma and not right. having those boundaries. And I'm like, and it, you know, it's just, it's all bullshit. Well, and yeah. I literally object that I am unfortunately way racist against rich white people. Like I cannot stand it. I live in, I used to live in such a rich town and I had to go back there like Friday night. Cause it was my niece's dinner. And I was like, Oh, I have to for her. Right. And I was like, I hate these entitled people. And yes, that's wrong. You shouldn't hate a whole group. But part of me was like, oh, I bet you all shop in a Whole Foods. Oh, I bet you all like have your turmeric. Oh, suck my thing. Give me a break with it. So I think it's again, it's easy to throw stones at people who are, you know, fat and poor. But how would you try living on that budget? It's not fun. Uh, My mom, we lived when I was younger, my mom 
was on food stamps when and on housing uh, through right. our state because she was going to school. She was trying to graduate from college. She had four mm-hmm. daughters, single mom, and she made our whole household run on four hundred dollars a month. I can't that crazy. That is that's a miracle. Yeah. I mean, right? that's like- Real badass right there. Yeah. Well, my mom is a like true meaning of badass. Seriously. But yeah. it's, you know, but again, I was overweight. Mm-hmm. My mom's mm-hmm. overweight. My one, two of my sisters are overweight. So it's like, it was kind of a, you know, it goes hand in hand and, and we didn't eat right. as horrible. Like we didn't drink soda. We didn't have juice. There were certain things that she never bought, but mm-hmm. that is still in our system. Yeah, of course. And this is what I feel. I really, I mean, I've done everything possible to um, get this eating stuff under control Mm -hmm. emotionally. Also, I mean, I went to a, a, someday we'll talk about, I did a food rehab program for 28 days. Like it was a, like, like people go for drug and alcohol. Mm -hmm. This was like for food issues. So Mm -hmm. it's anorexics, bulimics, compulsive eaters. So I'm like, okay, when you're like, going to those kind of extremes, canceling work for 28 days and immersing yourself and they take your car keys away and all this. I really have figured out there's no such thing as good food. There's no Mm -hmm. such thing as bad food. Every food is just food. Mm -hmm. And the fact is, if we're in balance and trying to pay attention to the emotions about it, it almost really doesn't matter if our levels are fine, if our health is good. So basically I was being irresponsible for a while, not getting the blood tests. Boom. The minute you get them, you go, oh, what can I change? What can I correct? And I make better choices, but better choices for me, not that the world says, Mm -hmm. oh, that's good and that's bad. I think everything is fine in balance and not in moderation. Everything's fine in balance, Mm -hmm. but that's where our life, that's where we have to be so quiet and notice. Nobody notices their own life. You know, that's Mm -hmm. why I retired from standup. I finally started noticing oh my God, I don't love this travel anymore. I don't love the stage enough. Mm-hmm. But if we don't get quiet and notice what's inside, mm-hmm. we're just going to keep going and going and going and staying on crazy diets and crazy this and crazy, crazy careers and houses that are too big or mm-hmm. whatever, or friends who don't serve us. So I think it's mm-hmm. all about that noticing. Yeah. How did your relationships change after you had surgery? Well, I was really lucky because um, my ex-husband, who I was married to at the time, got the surgery also. But he felt there was no link between emotion and eating because he's just, he's a bless his heart guy. Like we're friends now. And I introduced him to his new wife. I went to the (laughs) wedding. Like it was like literally the most pleasant divorce you could ever have. But he's a bless his heart. He's kind of, I wouldn't say he's a dummy, but he does not get psychology. Like oh, in, okay. mm-hmm. it bless his heart. He just doesn't get it. And it, it was a bad choice for a husband, but not a bad choice for a human and a friend. So he's go. now a great guy in my life. But um, we were like, we lost all the weight. We really figured out like, oh my God, like we have nothing in common except going out to eat. And when that's fun, <sighs> oh. we're like, we don't even want to be in the same house. Like it's, not even fighting. It's just like, oh, okay. So that luckily was very painless and easy for both of us. He was a gentleman stuck to the prenup. Like he wasn't the guy who wants more. Um, my friendships were great. I did find though, I transferred my uh, food. I don't think there's a definite argument. If there's such a thing as food addiction, I don't think you can be addicted to something you need. Mm -hmm. I think it's just moderation and balance, Mm -hmm. but anyway, 
I noticed the things I'd used to self-soothe mm. went from food to shopping, mm. which you don't notice when you have money because you're like, who gives a fuck? Mm. Like I'm not going broke. I've always paid my credit card bills. I'm like, can afford it. But again, those things, and I noticed because you asked about relationships, one of the things I did take on as a quote addictive thing to not feel was taking on these people who needed fixing. Mm -hmm. So I would take on these little broken winged birds and this and that who Mm -hmm. needed this strong woman who would help them. And now I'm just like, oh my God, no one in my phone, like in my real phone, like the real people in my life on a daily basis (laughs) need me more than I need them. Mm -hmm. And it's never going to be 50-50 every day, Mm -hmm. but it's never going to be 20-80 always. It's going to switch around. So it's interesting. My relationships changed because I was smart enough to go, ooh, this isn't serving me. I just mm-hmm. glommed onto her because I don't have food and I need to fix something. Mm-hmm. I need, you know. Yeah, we've noticed oh, wow. that with a few of our friendships that we've kind of let go, you know, that they yeah. they were so stressful that it was stressing us out yeah. to be yeah. friends with them. And then we're like, it doesn't matter if we've been friends with them for a month, a year, 10 years. Yeah. If, if I'm stressing out every time I need to talk to you. That is not serving yeah, me they in were any like way. Super toxic too. Yeah. Like after toxic. That's a good one. One of the girls, like I've been friends with her for nine years, mm. and we're not friends anymore. And I remember going good. to Kelly's house, and I was like, I feel lighter. Like I don't have to care oh. about like not because this person would get mad at me if I just wouldn't message them in a yeah. certain amount of days, and like yeah. would just be upset with me. And she lives in the same town. She'd be like, "You're home. Why aren't you messaging me?" And I'm like, "Whoa, like well, you're that's not crazy. my husband. That's, like, what are we doing?" Creepy. Yeah. Well, what it is too. I've come to be like, they're right for somebody, but they're not right for me. Uh, right. Yeah. So, I try not to be like, cause I dumped my friend of 35. I, I had a friend of 35 years that didn't make the COVID cut. Wow. Cause okay. I really went internal during COVID really mm-hmm. kind of, I was saying off the air how I was never lonely during COVID cause I had my dogs mm-hmm. and they're badass and I had my mom at the time. So I was just like, oh, it's fine. But um, I got rid of somebody I'd known, like literally met in Weight Watchers when wow. we thought diets worked when we were 25 and I freaking... After COVID, I was like, she didn't make the cut because I. it was just so, it dragged me down mm-hmm. so much. And guess what? Probably dragged her down too. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who has the balls to go, this isn't working. Peace. Wrote her a handwritten letter. Yeah. Uh, very sort of just kind of like, hey, I hope this relationship helped you a little or gave you some laughs, but it's clearly come to an end. And I'm like, She's not toxic. I'm not, but we're toxic to each other. Yeah. So I think that's really good. And now everybody in my life, I'm like, oh, I accept them where they are, but with boundaries. Because the thing is, if I accept that one of the guys on my podcast, I'm not going to say he's stupid, but like, say he's (laughs) not a good writer. Yeah. That's okay. Because it's, it's okay. Like, no, not, nobody has to have the same talents Mm -hmm. I do. Right. Mm -hmm. And I accept his limits and then I'm not angry every day that he's not what I want him to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's very cool. And you just go, oh, I accept it. You certainly don't tell that person. You don't say, yeah, you're really shitty at stuff. So you're relegated to acquaintance only. <laughs> you know, but it's good to go notice without judgment. I used to go to a place in the Berkshires, a yoga retreat place called Kripalu. And um, their whole motto is notice without judgment. Everything. Mm. So think about that. 
if you're eating emotionally, notice without judging it. Oh. And like, okay, I ate too much. Two days ago, I don't know why I had done this. Like, I like ballroom dance twice a week. I'm terrible, but I oh, don't cool. care. It's just, <laughs> it's just dumb. So they had a dance party and it was really nice, fancy. Real, again, one of those rich white towns that I was, maybe that's why I did it. I had a blast, but I came home and I go, I want popcorn. And I ate the fuck out of some popcorn and didn't feel well physically. And I go, okay, all right. I did that. Notice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Will I do better in that food rehab? They said one meal at a time. It wasn't even one day at a time. It was one meal at a time. And I'm like, wow, if I'm not shitting on myself, that's pretty good. Like that's progress. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think actually that's say it all the time. Like yeah. it is one meal at a time because you can fuck up at lunch and just go right back into the next meal. Be okay. Like, the, yeah, we don't have to yeah. wait till Monday. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. Just next meal. Well, because Change my whole thing is Monday never comes. Yeah, doesn't. You're right. Mm-hmm. Because you're right. you, I mean, for years I told myself, okay, Monday, okay, Monday, yep. my, this this Monday I'm gonna <laughs> start my eating. I'm going to work out every day and I'm going to become this like big buff lady. Monday never came. That's like, it just never happened. No. And you know, joke about Monday being D day diet day, because you cram in everything. And and every meal on a Sunday is the last supper. Mm -hmm. Like it's when you cram in everything, you'll be depriving yourself. And then of course you F up Monday by Tuesday night, you know, you're (laughs) off the rails, but you know what? Even when you said before, you know, even if you fuck up, no meal is a fuck up, in my opinion. Oh my gosh. But I think it here's Parker. Yeah, like, oh, oh my, my gosh, I see a potty. Oh my gosh. I don't I think saying I fucked up a meal is a judgment it is. of beating ourselves it up. Is. And I think it's mostly like where we have to go, yeah, I did that. And guess why you didn't fuck up? That's why guess why that word doesn't apply? Because you learned a lesson. Mm. So oh, I like that. Is like everything we learn. Everything we do, we learn something from, or it's a wasted thing. And we'll have to learn that lesson 500 more times. Mm-hmm. So if I go, well, that popcorn at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. when I walked in that door was from some emotional need that wasn't being met, even though I had a great time. Let me just look at that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, and of course you don't like how it feels in your stomach and you feel like crap, but then you go, okay. Okay, let's see what next time is better. And if next time is better, great. If not, I haven't learned the lesson yet. Mm-hmm. Well, and I noticed with the surgery, I'm able to see what foods don't like feel good in there anymore. Mm-hmm. And so even like with some of my foods that I love, I'm like, oh, I can't have that. Like yes. I'll do the extra indulge and then I'll feel like shit. And I was like, okay, now, now I'm aware that makes me feel like shit. And I have to like put it on the list of another thing that I can't have. So that way. When wow. I when I have it, it doesn't hurt as much. Well, and I've I've noticed too for myself, like before surgery, I would just eat. Yeah, I, just I, eat. I mean, I I mean, literally, I didn't care if it tasted good or not. Mm-hmm. I yeah. would finish the whole thing. And oh, yeah. now I've found myself like if it doesn't taste good, I don't want it. Yeah, like because why hey, waste it? Like wait, that's, why waste that's the a, room? Yeah, why waste the room? That's why I never drank. I always hated mm-hmm. alcohol. Cause I skeeved the taste. Like mm. literally if I'm on a plane and some asshole orders a wine at 8 a.m., I'm like, you fucking drunk, second of all. <laughs> Sorry, that's judgy, but you're drunk if you're doing that. Anyway, <laughs> it, it, I hate the smell of booze. It all skeeves me. So 
I think it was because I was like, I'm not wasting calories on that crap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I And even yesterday I noticed, you know, at the diner, diners are the best places to eat in the world. Yes. So I'm not being like, I'm a low life when it comes to food. Like I, I eat fancy places, but dude, give me a 24 hour diner, nailing it. Yep. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm there and those big, huge cookies always look great. Oh, yeah. I bought one. I could obviously squeeze in about two bites. Right. And of course I don't waste food. Like I am depression era parents. I bring the rest of it home. And I'm like, it's one of the first times I was slow enough to go, oh, man, this isn't as good as it tastes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't taste as good as it looks. Yeah. God. And so I tr- threw it out, which is very rare for me. And I go, that was just noticing. Yeah. But look, at, I'm 60 years old, 10 years, 11 years out from the surgery and still figuring it out. It's never going to be over. Mm-hmm. No. It's no. always a journey. And I love the, feel- someone told me once, you can never be behind on your own journey. Oh. So it can't be like, oh my God, why didn't I get this? I'll get it when I'm supposed to. Yeah. We we have a habit of saying we don't know until we know. Yeah. You don't know oh. what you don't know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because Not I mean, with this podcast, we both have learned so a much. shit ton yep. about yep. things that we didn't know and like about our friendship. You know, we've known each other for 20 years mm-hmm. and we're still learning every day. Yeah. New things yep. about like what Mel excels at and what I excel at are two very different things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we do butt heads because, I mean, we're with each other a lot. Sure, uh, but we have learned that you know, we don't know until we don't know or like until we know. Mm-hmm. So we've just kind of yeah. said, OK, that's what it is. We're going to move forward and, you know, try to learn from this experience. And yes. so far we've I think we've done pretty good. I think we've done so. a good job. Well, yeah. And I think yeah, the, it seems it. I think the surgery really helped with that because the awareness is there now. I mm-hmm. didn't have any awareness prior to like the surgery. Like I felt like so cloudy. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't really know what I was kind of doing. I was just kind of in the motions like mm-hmm. you're supposed to go to work. Now you take care of your kid. Now you go back to sleep yes. and we just do the whole thing again. Mm-hmm. Like it was just a conveyor belt almost like I was just here. Mm-hmm. And now I'm actually like mm-hmm. present. I'm alive. I'm awake. Like I want to go do things now. Like mm-hmm. I felt, and now well, I realized. Know, oh. What's interesting what you said. I love what you just said that the surgery made you have an awareness of what you were eating and mm-hmm. how you were moving probably because yeah. they seem so connected that you can't help, but then be aware of everything else. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I also think if you want to even get really spiritual about it, then you notice other people and their struggles. And mm-hmm. then it goes you to do. even the universe and mm-hmm. people we don't even know. And I'm like, oh my God, just being more aware of that one thing, food, mm-hmm. our eyes are open to a lot more stuff. Well, oh, it frees yeah. up our mind space. Oh yeah. Yes. You know, oh, my God. yes. Especially that first year, because you have just such a limited amount of food that you can eat for, mm-hmm. you know, the first six months of the year or right. the first six months post-op. And then, you just kind of, it rolls over for that first year and then you're looking at it and you're just like, okay, well, I don't have to think about food for tonight. So what else can I think about? Yeah. Well, it I've does. always said, I've always said, you know, there, there's all those people who, who obviously have never had food problem who say nothing, um, nothing like you can never be too rich or too thin or whatever. And then I'm like, well, but nothing feels as good as food tastes. Yeah. Like there's literally, I can tell you now, 11 years later, nothing feels as good as food tastes. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And people are like, 
do you want to, what about like take a nice bath? I'm like, is there food in the bathtub? Yeah. <laughs> no. Is so, it filled with macaroni and cheese? Because say, that's, that's what I want to know. Some sort of cheese I want to dip? Like what are we doing? That's, the, that's what I think. And the thing is, <laughs> I may never find the thing that feels mm-hmm. as good or better. Mm-hmm. I might, but I'm not going to force it. Mm-hmm. And in the past, I've like forced hobbies and forced career and achievement and mm-hmm. stuff. I go, but I have to do this. And let me see if that's better than food. Right now, there's nothing better than food. Mm-hmm. Right now, a fucking full foam cappuccino, non-decaf is the best thing in the world. And you know what? <laughs> that's okay. Mm-hmm. So I think if we just kind of edit all our statements with afterwards, and that's okay. Mm. I mean, it's obviously true because it yeah. is okay. We're not harming anyone. Mm-hmm. If everyone left their house and just like a doctor took the oath and just said, today, do no harm. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to do for the rest of my life is not harm anyone. Mm-hmm. You know what? How about I don't harm myself too? Let's yes. include ourselves. I'm, and it's harming us to go, I, I, I ate the wrong thing. I'm such a fat ass. I'm so disgusting. Mm-hmm. Dude, my aunt is probably my mom's sister. She's still alive. She's so great. I noticed her when she, she's in an assisted living. Every time I look at her, girl, I go, oh, I have her shape. Where It's, a, you know, genetic, mm-hmm. your shape. And I'm like, I can't fight it anymore. Like, I always thought I would never have hips and I could be like that boy and I could just be like asexual and a way to love that, like, like, you know, androgynous look so I don't have anybody look at me or whatever. I'm like, oh, your ass is always going to be like Aunt Bernadine. So <laughs> to just go, I accept this as my body type. Mm-hmm. If I'm healthy and I could stay reasonably mobile mm-hmm. and in shape, for me, then it's all okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it has to be all right, or we're going to try to force something that isn't working, like mm-hmm. a body type or some crazy ideal. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's huge, like accepting your body type. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because like, I love those photos of like everybody that is the same weight, mm-hmm. but they're all the different uh, shape, like tall, tallness and everything. I can't even talk right now. Yes. Tallness. Tallness, like that's a thing. Height. Height. Yeah. Thank you. There we go. Height. There we'll, we'll go. We'll get there. We'll get there. So yeah, like yeah, those are awesome. I was, you're right. I always thought I was really lucky because everybody was like, you didn't need weight loss surgery because I was tall. Mm. So I was like, okay, thank God I was tall because I never felt like, uh, oh God, if I was short and round, like my sister has a short round shape, Mm -hmm. which is my mother's. She couldn't fight that. She'll never have a waistline Mm -hmm. like that's thin and whatnot. Did I try? I think my sister too. Like I admire her so much because she was overweight since birth. I didn't. I didn't gain weight until I was 18 and had small T traumas at college, you know, just being away from the family and stuff. I'm telling you, my sister has accepted herself Mm. and she's probably mentally and emotionally way healthier about it than me. And she has my mom's shape. I have my aunts, but boy, did I try to not have thighs. Mm, Did I try to not have an ass? And honestly, would I like it if I was a stick figure? Yes. I'm not going to lie to you. I would fucking love it but guess what it's not what's meant to be mm-hmm. and we can't fight it yep i mean it's funny because we always want sometimes what we can't have too so it's yeah, like but then i think sometimes like if i did get it would i like it like well i will fair. tell you the idea when I, well when i had lost the weight and too much i really liked it did you i loved it <laughs> 
I had all my gay male friends who were little skinny dancers going, girl, you're so skinny. And I'd be like, no. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, that's, but that was not what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it would have been forcing it. It would have been right. starvation. Mm-hmm. I remember poor Joan Rivers. She used to not eat after I think five. Okay. She still go out to dinner and eat Altoids. And it's legendary. It's in her books and stuff. And I just felt that is a sad way to live, mm-hmm. you know? And I go, that ain't me. No. I, I eat six small meals a day because mm-hmm. I just eat when I'm hungry and stuff, protein if I can. And I'm like, Wow, it's it's hard when you have to beat your body into submission, and we don't have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally. I I completely agree because I went for the first year post op. I was very regimented. I did not have any carbs. I had very low sugar. I I mean, this was like ten to fifteen grams of carbs or less a day. It was intense. Like, it was very regimented. Yeah. I had my water. I had my protein, and that was it. Um, yeah. I didn't even have vegetables. Like I was very like protein only. And that's why I lost my weight so fast because I didn't have any of the other, like, you know, there's a food pyramid. There's other foods available, Kelly. Yeah. No, she didn't. I, I passed me did not like compute that. I was just like, I want protein and protein only. And you had a crazy physical job. I did have a really, really really physical job. Five to six hours a day without even realizing. Yeah. I hit like 20,000 steps like before noon. Yeah. Like it was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. But I had to work my ass off to get those 20,000 steps. Like I had to go between like my breaks and before lunch and then we'll have to go at the end of the day and like I'm just trying to hit it and you're like four hours so I was like yeah. I want your job damn it holy crap yeah, yeah, I, I have always resisted movement through mm. my whole life I've always had an emotional problem and psychological problem with movement I don't know what it is mm. um, I've tried to explore it I think it's because I felt abandoned when I think like it sounds so silly but like I think my mom, when she used to drop me off to play tennis, mm-hmm. I felt abandoned and I stuck with this teacher and he wasn't creepy, but mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's a male form of attention. Oh, yeah. and like, even though mm-hmm. the poor guy is some married guy who I'm projecting onto because I'm so scared of sexuality when you're 12, 13, you don't know. So I always had a problem with movement. And you know what's funny? I lost all my weight without moving. I almost felt like... Um, I would go on these TV shows and joke about it and be like, yeah, these idiots out at the gym, not me. Like I just get to control this my way. But now at 60, I don't even know what happened. The voice inside me, my gut, instead of listening to the bullshit and other people's noise, my gut told me, you know what? You want to do a little cute movement, like nothing hard. Yeah. Cute. Mm-hmm. Cute. This dumb ballroom dancing. It's really fun. I have this gay teacher, Stefan, who's fantastic. Stan. And we just laugh and laugh and laugh. And then I also got that mirror for the house, that exercise mm-hmm. mirror, mm-hmm. like 500 classes in it. Do it like once, twice a week at the most okay. because I have this one teacher I really like, Deja, who's mm-hmm. amazing. And it's so like, I just do it when my gut tells me Oh, I'm, it's time. Yeah. So I think that's the thing. If we really listen to our bodies and mm-hmm. that internal stuff, I'm like, oh, geez, I've just been listening to the world all my life instead of me. Mm-hmm. And we really have all the answers. Like if I'm ever coaching someone and they're like, what should I do? Should I quit my job? I go, you know what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You, know. you know it deep down, what, what you, you should really it. fucking do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause that's what I remember just like, 
me and Eric, my husband, we talked about me getting weight loss surgery three years prior to actually getting weight mm. loss surgery. Mm-hmm. And I remember the day, like we were just like playing darts in my garage. And I'm like, this is going to happen one day. And he's like, okay. <sighs> and then literally I just like got online one night at like 11 o'clock at night, signed up, did all the things in the morning. I'm like, I'm getting it. And he's like, what? Getting what? And I'm like, oh yeah, like got to tell you, um, I made, I did this application. So they said like about three months. I'm going to be in. And he's like, holy shit. Okay. <laughs> like, oh like I was like, I knew inside, like, this is time. Mm-hmm. And you just got to do it. You got to like, stop yep. like overthinking it. Like, you know mm-hmm. what you want to do. Just You're right. do it. You're right. Well, that yep. happened with it. That's how it came up because I was on, um, I had a trainer who used to come to my house in the city. It was freaking miserable. She was such a doll though. She was such an angel. But, and she would, I'd go, Kendra, I don't want to do shit. And she'd be like, okay, let's just walk. Like, yeah, don't so- worry about it. Like she wasn't one pushy. She was a very spiritual girl. She did, was a yoga teacher. And um, she mentioned, I forget, she said the words lap bands. And even though obviously that's not something I would have done or mm-hmm. whatever, I go in my head, I go, oh my God, weight loss surgery for 38 years of hell. Mm-hmm. And I could do this get that out of the way, get the weight off and then work on mm-hmm. the head and the heart. Yeah. Said. And so the second I was done with Celebrity Apprentice, I literally went for an appointment. Jimmy went with me and he was like, I'm not going to get, I'm not convinced. The second we talked to the doctor and the doctor was so kind and warm and said, yeah. we're just like, sign me up. Yeah. So yeah, you know, internally, the problem is we don't slow down enough to listen to that voice. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think this is fantastic that you're talking about this stuff because it's important. It's not a knee jerk. Knee jerk is different. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. well, it's, done this. it's a habit. It's a habit. I don't mm-hmm. believe in habits. Mm-hmm. Habits are, you're forcing yourself to do something. If you listen to your heart kindly, mm-hmm. it's going to tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. So I think what's great is that you're talking about this, that it's not coming from external. It comes from in here. And when you know it, you know it. Just like yeah. if you fall in love with someone for the right reasons, mm-hmm. you know it, you know it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't. I that whole statement. It's well, like I wanted you to get it years, about two years before you actually did. Yeah. Because of your health. Yeah. And I remember you asking me about it and I was like, do it, girl. Mm-hmm. Do it. You're going to not regret it. Like, this is the best fucking decision I've ever made. I've yeah. never been this happy and energetic in my life. And you're like, OK, OK. And then I wasn't time. Wasn't, it wasn't your time I, yet. I knew then that I would not be able to commit to it. Yes. And I yes. knew that I would never be able to follow the rules in order to even get to surgery point. Yeah. I knew that it wasn't going to happen for me and See, because I, I was that. too I bogged that. down by yes. everything. And I mean, I was, I was too sick. I was too unhappy. I was, I was just too everything. And I was, I was pissed because I was a 20 year old body in, or like I, I was a 20 year old that was stuck in an 80 year old's body. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was, I was just mad. And the only way that I wanted to deal with it was through food. So if you took, if if I had surgery, that, that was all taken from yep. me. And so yes. I knew that that, that I knew when we first talked about it, it wasn't going to happen. You just weren't ready. I wasn't well, ready. It's interesting with, um, you know, I had a friend reach out two weeks ago and he reached out to me and another guy, uh, a friend of mine just got the surgery about three months ago and oh. he is killing it and he's young. He's like Ooh. 29. And I'm like, yes, girl. Yes. Yeah. He got it and he looks great and he just feels really good. Oh, he's like perfect. me. He has no, like he doesn't force it. Mm-hmm. They exercise, but he doesn't. 
And he, he also is very good with the food. He follows a lot more rules than I did. Mm-hmm. So this friend of ours reached out and said, I can only tell you guys, but can you meet with me? I'm really thinking about doing it. Mm. And years ago, I would have been pushy about it. I was like, dude, you're fucking crazy, man. What <laughs> you just do it, you fat fuck? You know, come on, let's be like us. And at dinner Friday, I'm going to literally say, you know the answer. Mm-hmm. You don't need to hear anything from me other than my experience. Mm-hmm. Because a friend of mine, the one who I actually am no longer friends with, she was very spiritual and good in other ways. And she said, the only way to live is by example. That's the only way to change someone's mm-hmm. mind. So oh, all he has to do fair. is observe us, mm-hmm. see if that's something he likes or not, mm-hmm. you know? And it's really funny because I'm a retired advice giver, despite being an over talker. Like I'm, <laughs> but if somebody asks my opinion, I'm like, you know, you know, what do you think you should do? That's why shrinks are so annoying, but mm-hmm. true, they're right. You already know. What do you think? Well, yeah, you have makes, all the answers. Well, it makes eternally. you think, though. Yeah. Like you actually have to like be aware of yourself and think about the things that you want. And then, sometimes it can be scary to be up in your own head. Mm-hmm. And I totally understand that, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like. Just just give yourself some time, take some deep breaths and just mm-hmm. think about things like you don't have to yes. do anything right now, but maybe just think about, do I kind of want this? Yeah, I know yeah. that when my ex-husband left me um, for right after it happened, I started doing therapy and I met with somebody and kind of because I was so like my whole world just got, you know, flipped upside down. Yeah. And wow. I remember some moments she would ask me something and I'd be like, I don't know. And then I would think about it for a second and then I just start hysterically bawling. But like from the moment, like I think it was like, what, two days after he left, I stopped crying. Yeah. Like I was like, OK, I'm good. But when I was in therapy, she would ask these questions and it would make me really think about like, mm. why, mm-hmm. why am I having a hard time crying about this? Like this is supposed to be. And then like other things came to light, you know, like. Maybe I wasn't as invested as I thought I was. Maybe, you know, this is a really good thing that's happening. And like, that's really hard to come to grips with that. This is this could be a good path for me. So, of course. And I would argue that she didn't really make you think she made you feel. Because that's a good change. able to slow down and feel that thing like Mm -hmm. grief. Like, Mm -hmm. I really think there's a lot of grief Mm -hmm. that comes with succeeding with mm-hmm. fail like the great like we just did a podcast about fear of success that's a mm-hmm. thing like mm-hmm. if you're successful the grief is you've left people behind right. you're a different person oh my mm-hmm. god i'm gonna now have to step it up and keep it up so mm-hmm. there's a lot of sadness with a lot of stuff mm-hmm. so with the surgery there's so much grief of like oh my god i literally at thanksgiving can eat the tiniest amount and it's just and if you just say to yourself, it's just sad. Like mm-hmm. it is sad. Yeah, acknowledge it is it. sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, and you cry and you really feel it. It's like, then it's not as sad the next time. Right. Or it's a little less, you know, uh, uh, potent. And mm-hmm. I just think going, okay, I'm allowing myself to be sad over these things mm-hmm. instead of pushing it down with food. Yeah. You know, feeling my mother's death is a lot different than feeling my dad's because mm-hmm. my dad's was horrific. But because he was like my person, mm. but my mom's is more almost like it's right there all the time mm. because I'm like, oh, good, because I'm not freaking stuffing it. Yeah, which mm. they took away my uh, 
my little coping mechanism. So now, ew, I have to feel. What's that about? <laughs> I don't so want to go there. Well, yeah. Feeling your feelings is scary. Like, it is scary. It can be overwhelming. And sometimes you're like, I don't know what this feeling is, but mm-hmm. I don't like it. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. really mean. I know with my dad well, think, dying, it made me like yes. analyze everything. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, do yes. I want to do these things? I'm tired of doing these things. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm actually not happy with this. Like, well, and it's I, crazy. I actually yeah. was talking to my little sister the other day because she was saying that she had to go somewhere and she didn't she really didn't want to go and i was like fiona you realize that if you don't want to go you don't have to go yeah and she's yeah. like but i promised them i would go and blah 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 and i'm like but you don't have to go and she's like but i do and i'm like but you don't yeah. like yeah. it's your really, time yeah. yeah i was like it's your life if you don't want to go and they're gonna be mad at you for it like reanalyze what what you're getting out of this friendship because that yeah. doesn't sound like fun to me well yeah. the thing is it's like i look in my calendar now since retirement and they'd say i was reading this great book about retirement it's very hard to find one about the psychology of retiring mm-hmm. and how it's so much grief involved and sadness over like oh that my life isn't the same anymore yeah. even though i didn't love it Mm-hmm. Uh oh, what what's next? Or if nothing's next, because it's okay to not do anything. Mm-hmm. It's peaceful. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, just the idea of working on the saying no and going, well, if I don't want to go, there's a reason. And if that person isn't amenable to that and needs someone who shows up constantly when they don't want to, that's okay. They get to pick a different friend. Yeah. yeah. So all this like, that's this is the only time though in retirement that I've even been like, oh, I'm not too busy to think about what makes a good relationship or what mm-hmm. makes a good friendship. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I don't need to run. So even what it, what about your sister was, when I look at my calendar now, there's never anything that makes it in there without a, this is right. No. So it's not a hell yeah. That's from old habit. Like if my manager calls me and says. You want to do, a, I mean, I'm retired, but if she had a brain fart and goes, you want to do a comedy gig over there? And if our old habit would be, hell yeah, great money. I could be adored. I could have fans. Oh my yeah. God, there's the ego hit. Mm-hmm. The hell yeah is bullshit. The mm-hmm. fucking knowing. Mm-hmm. So if your sister is like me and can look at the calendar and go, oh, none of this is like an iffy. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good way to live. But yeah, we have to, a good way to live. make sure of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I really like that theory because now I'm like, I should think about our schedule and be like, hmm. Let's see Do what I that's... really want to deal with you? Yeah. No. yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Like, isn't it strange though? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's the only way to, I think, have a life where we don't resent activities mm-hmm. or people. Yeah. So I probably would have resented, um, the ballroom dance teacher, because suddenly it would be his fault that I have to freaking show up there mm-hmm. and it's this much money and who does he think he is? And I'm like, but it's because you're forcing it. Like yeah. you're mm-hmm. external way of set, like a judgment on yourself instead of going, it's not right for me yet. Yes. So uh, it's so funny how when you just start to live intentionally, even though it sounds like a vague, weird concept, really is all it's saying is, let me get quiet. Mm. Yeah, is this right for me? Yeah. That's that's why I always enjoyed yoga because it gave me that quiet mm-hmm. to kind of and I know in the yoga most of the time they say, you know, clear everything out of your brain and blah blah blah. But that was my time to kind of like set the intention yeah. for my day and be like, okay, I have this and this and this. Do I really want to do this? Right. 
or right. should I be doing? You know, it really kind of made me focus in on what's the most important part of my life right now. Yeah. Yeah. For- and I, I would argue that doing yoga, you did it the right way for you. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, a lot of people think with yoga and meditation, oh, why do I have these thoughts? Mm-hmm. So at Kripala, they would always say, the thoughts again, you notice the thought and you let it go. Mm-hmm. So you notice it without judging it. And it's like, oh, like yesterday I was doing this mirror thing with this, um, with this goofy dance cardio thing on the mirror. And I noticed that like, there's a strip of um, something over the, a closet okay. that was coming loose that I have to glue. And I go, I am not going to be able to continue this till I pause <laughs> it and write it down. Then I can let it go. Mm-hmm. So I think we just go that's me. That's who I am. It's okay to think it's okay to whatever comes up. That's why people cry a lot in exercise. Mm. I cry every time I do some freaking thing in that mirror. I have no idea why Hmm. comes out. Okay. That was a little bit of relief you needed. Yeah. Release Mm -hmm. and whatever release it is, tears are cleansing. That's interesting. Well, I think with grief too, or sadness, when you said before, people are afraid to feel, I'll mm-hmm. tell you exactly why I was. And most people say is because you think if you start crying, you'll never stop. Mm-hmm. And I probably can guarantee you, no one has ever died from crying. No. Yes, they may have died from depression or suicide, mm-hmm. but it wasn't from the act of feeling grief and mm-hmm. crying. So that's yeah. a whole different thing. I think we always stop. And when we stop pushing it down, it's so funny because I'll think of my dad and something will come up or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll notice something around the house and then I'll be like, oh, it's going to be a day of crying. It was like three minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fine. Like, it's so funny how it does stop. Mm-hmm. It definitely does stop. And like, I've never done the whole, like, I've heard people say, I've cried for days. And I'm just like, did you really? No. Was did it like you? five to 10 minutes, maybe in dramatic. the morning? Yeah. It's- it's the dramatic women yeah. who love yeah. guys who love to say, hey, crying for days. No, uh-huh. you did not. <laughs> you, you did, did not. not. You did not. Why does you your eyes not look like hydrate, it? <laughs> you'd be completely dehydrated if you Seriously. cried for days. Right. I mean, right. I've had days where like right after uh, Satan left where I would like cry and then wait. Like, then I'd be fine for a little bit and Mm -hmm. then I'd cry again. And it was like that kind of crying for days where it was like little bursts of it. But I've never like. Because those are waves of feelings. Like, like you're feeling your feelings every little like couple hours while you're doing something. Like, that makes complete sense to me. Yeah. Well, and I feel like that's a lot with uh, weight loss surgery, too, is that you you feel these things. And a lot of the times your your instinct is. Let's stuff it down. Right. Yes. And during this process, you kind of have no choice but to feel it Mm -hmm. because you have nowhere to go. And so Mm -hmm. you're you're feeling this grief and this loss and this, you know, you're you're losing all of these pieces that you thought were essentially you. Yep. And so you're having to like rediscover and remold who you think you are. And that's a very scary concept. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, they say in 12 step programs, they say, and it just is so true about what you just said, this too shall pass. Like mm-hmm. it literally does pass, it you does. know, and I'll even just go out wow, when you become a noticer of your own life, mm-hmm. you really go, oh, okay. Like that feeling lasted that anger, which by mm-hmm. the way, I think anger is usually a secondary emotion and just covers sadness or mm-hmm. fear. Oh, and yeah. um, mm-hmm. oh, that kind of passed. Oh, mm-hmm. and I like going backwards and going, what made me 
get all triggered and mm. angry because I don't think people are responsible for my triggers mm. because you cut me off in traffic or you ignored me at the post office doesn't mean you're responsible for mommy and daddy ignoring me mm. or mommy and daddy hitting me or any other fucking mm. thing that we do. Yep. We love to hold people responsible mm. for our triggers. Mm-hmm. Guess who's responsible for your triggers? You. you. Yeah. No, I have to analyze. Well, yeah, that triggered me and it's sad or scary or I'm, I'm, I'm unnerved by it, mm-hmm. but then go, oh, I have to work on that and being Mm -hmm. a human in this world when everyone, when I'm not wearing a sign Mm -hmm. that says, don't cut me off because I'll go back to trauma. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I don't know. You don't know what that stranger has to deal with. You, you, and that, you know, kind of goes back to, you know, you, you be kind to people because you don't know what people are dealing with. I mean, you, you could walk in and be complete asshole to somebody and not even realize that their dog just died or, you know, they just wrecked their car or, you know, there's so many different things that could be going on with that person and they could just be having a bad day. I don't know what it was, but that just made me like totally flashback to when I was leaving, like I was leaving Volcom and Woodburn Outlet Mall. Okay. But this was like, I don't know why I was there. It was three days after dad died. And I didn't hold the door door open for these people. Mm-hmm. And I normally do. Like, I'm a person yeah, who holds it. you're a nice person. Whatever. And I was just like, I, I had to return something. And it was like the day of or something. And then I was like, I have to go in and get out. I don't want to look at anybody. It's in and out. And all I heard is the guy's like, rude much? And I'm like, oh. And he's like, she could at least leave the door open for us. And the lady was like, dude, it's fine. It's not a big deal. In my head, I wanted to be like, I almost wanted to yell like, Dude, my dad just died. Leave me the fuck alone. I mean, I'm surprised you didn't because I would have. I should have. I totally should have. But it's like, fuck, man. Like, you just don't know what people are going through. Mm -hmm. Well, you you make a great point. If we all left our house today and for six hours were like, I'm going to assume everyone out there is in trauma Mm -hmm. and has had trauma because literally 100% of people have had at least small T stuff Mm -hmm. go on. Oh, yeah. My shrink used to say, No one had the parents they deserved, even if they were the best parents in the world, like Mm -hmm. literally textbook perfect. There was just a moment where mom turned away for a second to turn the oven off. Right. So you didn't get burned. So you that's blazed into your head as a as like, oh, my God, I'm I'm ignored. I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. If we all just left the house and go, let's just assume everybody has a dead dog today. Yeah. Yeah. We would be so much nicer or even if we're not nicer, we'd be more forgiving and go. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say goodbye to that person when I leave the building. Like mm-hmm. I had a, I, my iron checked cause I had infusions cause I had low iron. So now I'm killing it with the iron. I, have <laughs> yeah, big deal. I got extra. So Don't worry. No big deal. Myself, like I'm really good on iron. Unlike everybody else who sucks at it. <laughs> um, so anyway, I was leaving today and I noticed, I go, why didn't I say goodbye to that nurse? Like the mm. one at the front desk. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe. I should think about it. Let's see. Mm. Who knows? So it's interesting if we just notice and act as Mm. if everybody's going through some shit Mm. because we know we have or are. Mm-hmm. And let's just see if we have a better day because I guarantee we would. Yeah, oh, we totally yeah. would. I, People I around always, us would. I always try to like, even today I, I had to stop and get gas uh, before I went to Mel's or came over here. And I... You know, even though it, it's a gas attendant, this is their job. I was still like, thank you when I left and like, have a great day. Like, there's some yeah. people that don't like my ex-husband used to 
when we first got together, we would go through like a drive through or something and he wouldn't say thank you. He wouldn't yeah. say like he would Weird. just. Yeah, it was really strange. Like he would give the order and then just like immediately go around like and I'm always the type of person that I'm like, OK, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Like each step of right. the windows. Well, we're also well, women also, and we have to say thank you. And all the I've fucking worked time. in fast food and it sucks. Well, but also, you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum, we could be too much of a caretaker yeah. and take shitty treatment from people. Yes. So basically I've been known to fail as many times as I succeed at being polite. Mm. So maybe though I'm thanking them, even if it's shitty service, because that's what I think internally I deserve. Mm-hmm. So in other words, like I have to always go beyond like, is it just because I'm trying to make them like me too? Mm. Like, so when I want to show like, look what a good guy I am. Like, I'm so sweet. Everybody loves me so much because I say thank you all the time. So I have to really analyze like, what's going on with me that mm. I feel I have to, am I just being nice or am I trying to gain some kind of mm. esteem from good it? Call. I love this good conversation call. because we're analyzing both sides. Yeah. Sure. Like, sure. you know, through this entire uh episode like that's what we've done is we've given both sides and I absolutely love that because there are always two sides to every situation to every thought like everything there's two sides and so I will say there's three really your side my side and the truth oh yeah yeah well I think what it is is yours yours and my truth which is always right (laughs) (laughs) always go with Lisa fucking Lampanelli yes (laughs) Now, let me do a shameless plug. I'm going to, because you yes. did speak about two sides to every story. Yes. I want to tell you guys, I really think your listeners, because if you're talking this deep, your listeners are going to really like the podcast I'm doing. And what's so funny about this podcast is it's called Losers with a Dream. <laughs> I took that as one of the lines. It's one of the lines from the roasts. I used to do a lot of roasts on Comedy Central and elsewhere. And I'd always say, but enough with these losers with a dream. We're here to talk about William Shatner or whoever the honoree was. And I had noticed that there were these two millennial guys, comics who had asked for my advice near where I live. And I used to notice so offstage, they had these really deep conversations for straight guys who were young. I was like, okay, you're legit talking about feelings and sadness and grief and women respectfully and how you want love and codependence and all this. And I was so fast. I go, dudes, this is a podcast. Yeah. And we started doing this. They do. We pick a big topic every week. Like, as I said, fear of success, mm-hmm. the codependence one came out. Um, oh God. Ex- ugh, accepting people's limits, which is so hard for me. We did that as a subject. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, they do what they've been going through, then I come on and obviously I make fun of them a little because I'm funny. <laughs> but I also kind of coach them, you know, life coach through whatever struggles they're having and give them some kind of guidance. So it's available everywhere. And yeah. again, we do go deep, but we're comics. So it's funny. And I just think it's wild to go. I am actually learning and having fun with people who are half my age. I can't even believe it. And straight guys too, because I literally... I've always said my whole life, I hate straight guys. I have only like gay men and women. And I'm like, wait a minute, use your head. There are people out there who are good and straight guys too. Yes. So yeah, if you want to listen to it, I think you'd like it. It's very deep and uh, I'm on it and clearly know everything. You're amazing. Yeah. So, And if you guys missed that, that is Losers with a Dream and it's two guys and it's Bo McDonald and Nick no, Bo, Bo McDowell and Nick Scopa Scopoletti. Yeah. Scopoletti. Yes. Oh, super I Italian. Know. 
Good times have to stick together. So. I can't wait to listen. I'm so excited. Mel's already listened. Yep. She loves it. I listened to the first episode um, actually yesterday. I was like, yeah. ooh. Because Is like, it good? It's good. And it was just like, I've never, I'm a big comedy fan. I watch comedy all the time. I'm watching stand-up. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw Tom Papa like three weeks yep. ago in Portland. Um, I've seen Burt Kreischer, Tom Segarra, like all the guys and Whitney Cummings. And I just fucking love comedy i'm learning and I was more like, and more because she fills me in yeah, on what's going on oh, she's never been to a comedy show so yeah. she's gonna go with me yeah it's one of my like big things is that my uh ex never wanted to go yeah and like, so what, the fuck? Who what? Doesn't want to laugh? what is wrong yeah. with you yeah so i'm gonna go and like I, I mean i like laughing i love like what we do and i'm like I, I find myself funny now. I figured out that I am kind of funny. And so yeah, I'm like, I want to go. See, I want to go see it. So we're going to go so to much it. fun. It's really wild because I never used to watch stand up mm-hmm. growing up. We didn't. We just had like years ago, the Dean Martin roasts and we'd watch mm-hmm. those. But I have a few friends that I like to go see. Like I just saw Brad Williams. He's yeah. phenomenal, a dwarf comedian mm-hmm. and he is on fire. And I'm like, oh, I actually like to laugh because I'm out of the business-ish. Mm-hmm. So I, it doesn't feel like homework. Oh, so nice. I enjoy this thing that I was like, oh, this is really fun to have this communal experience. So I think you would like it. We even did mm-hmm. two episodes of the podcast live. Oh. And it was so much fun to do it because I'm such a show off. Yeah. I'm such a mouth. I mean, this is like, you guys are so kind because I'm such a a yapper and being like, Oh, that's fine. My manager, literally my manager, she had approached me about doing some speech or something. And I go, does it involve talking about myself? Cause if it does, I'm in. I love the podcast for that reason. Cause we get to tell our stories Mm -hmm. get to really be deep. We even had one episode with, Oh my God, it was on vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And as comics, that's such a verboten thing for on stage. Mm -hmm. But I said, okay, at the end, Oh my God, it was deep. I go, we have to give each other a really sincere compliment and not deflect it with humor and not Ooh. laugh. Because we tend to That's be like, hard. oh no, I'm just, no, oh, or, or mm-hmm. go, oh, fuck you, man, uh, shut up, whatever, right. trying to get me to or whatever. <laughs> and it all ends like the three of us are in tears. I'm like, oh. this is showing that people can be vulnerable and there's, mm-hmm. you just pick the people you feel safe with. Exactly. Yes. That's what the trick is. Yes, yes. And yeah. I, I think during this whole process, I've I've really learned that about myself is who I feel safe with mm-hmm. and yes. who I feel safe because I lost myself for many, many years and I didn't know who I was. I didn't have any concept of like what I liked, what I didn't like. And I'm starting to realize like these people that were my life were there to kind of because they were there. Yep. It wasn't because I felt safe with them and I could tell them anything, you know, and now I'm really starting to fill my life with these people that really understand me and really love me for me. And yes. I can share myself with and not feel like I'm going to be judged by oh, that. Yeah. Well, what's funny is I, when we first started the podcast, it was my idea. And she was just like, I, cause I was, let me slow down a second. <laughs> roll it back, huh. roll it back. So I was very nervous about like telling people that I had mm-hmm. weight loss surgery. I was very ashamed, embarrassed, and wouldn't talk to mm-hmm. like tell people. Only people that knew were like people that needed to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, you're part of my life. I care about you. You're the only people that get to know. Mm-hmm. And then Kelly's like, you know, if we do this podcast, the whole world's going to know. And I was like, 
yes, that's totally fine. I think I'm ready because we did it when it was four years later. But it mm-hmm. took that long of a time to get me comfortable with mm-hmm. the decision I made. Mm-hmm. And now, okay. like, I want everybody else to not have to go through what I went through those mm-hmm. first four years of being scared yeah. and ashamed. And mm-hmm. I think that's really, like, been beneficial for my journey. Mm-hmm. And I know for you. it's I, like, I was open just, from the very beginning. I was like, I'm getting it done. Fuck you if you don't like it. Like, this is this yeah. is what I'm doing. And I, I have to do this for my health. So bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because like I'm like that with everything else but my body. But when it came to the surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think do you think it does have to do with the shame surrounding failure to be able to control mm-hmm. our bodies? Oh, yeah. Because I was like, fuck you guys. Like, don't tell me I'm going to fail because that was the problem. People around me would be like, well, do you really think you're going to be able to keep it off? Mm-hmm. Like, Ugh. is like. Is this only going to be like a six month thing? Like, Mm -hmm. and just were very negative. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why? At first, I took it personally because I was like, what part of my personality made you think that I was going to fucking fail? Mm -hmm. I don't understand it. It's interesting what they project because that's their fear of themselves. Yes. yes. And it's sad to me. It's almost like if you're really, it's hard, but if you're really spiritual about it, going, wow, that must be really sad for them that they feel that Mm -hmm. way. And like the girl who, I mean, I have to see her Saturday. One of the people who said to me when I was losing the weight, she said, don't get too skinny. I was like, mm-hmm. yep. Her fear of her own self mm-hmm. being moving ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is what this is about. But at the time I was just like, fuck you, man. Yeah. Like, don't ever comment on women's bodies. Yeah. yeah. And I, I feel like back when you first got it, mm-hmm. I had those same thoughts. I was like, you don't want to get too thin, blah, 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 blah. But it was mm-hmm. more out of concern for you. Mm-hmm. It wasn't meant in a malicious way no. because I just wanted her to be the healthiest person that she right. could be. Right. Uh, but, but here's the thing, though. You can't what, what the whole fat acceptance mm-hmm. movement's about is that we owe nobody our health. Right. So if I have a friend who's say into really wellness bullshit Mm -hmm. and says, you know, you should really eat more whole foods. I'm like, I don't owe you that. Mm -hmm. I owe it only to myself. Mm -hmm. And I answer to my own self, but that takes a lot of guts to just be like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm on this journey. You know, Mm -hmm. the friend who I said had uh, a friend who just got the surgery three months ago, Mm -hmm. I don't look at what he eats. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're, oh, two years ago, I would have. I would have yeah. been like, okay, girl, <laughs> he's killing it. Mm-hmm. It's his journey. And mm-hmm. again, I think with your four year timeline, I respect that with your zero year timeline. Mm-hmm. Here's what, again, if we leave today with one thing, you can't be behind on your own journey. So no. if there's any out there going, I don't know if I should get it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You will know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no one will be able to tell you. And once you've made the decision, it's unshakable. Like, do you ever notice like when, I mean, when you really know it, you know it. It's yes. done. Mm-hmm. Yes. I I feel that. Like, cause when I knew I was having surgery, like I was going to go full force, I knew it. Like, and that's why I posted it everywhere. I didn't care who knew about it. Cause I yep. knew that no matter what, this was my last, this was, this was my this goal. Is this is it. Yep. And I had Not to have it done. Um, But I also think a lot of people that something special within this community and with having surgery is we are more aware of these things. We are aware of the comments that people make. We're aware of the the negativity that surrounds this community. And I think a lot of people outside of it don't even see it. 
Like they don't see it as like saying, well, don't get too skinny. They don't see it as anything negative. Mm -hmm. Like when I said it to Mel, I didn't, I didn't mean it. Like, you know, I didn't see it as a negativity, but now being in this community, I'm like, nope, that was negative. So yeah, but what's great about it, but but clearly it was about intention Yeah, Yeah. and the intention was straight up love. Yes. And we know how to see intention. That's why I always said my comedy, I always got away with the things I did because people knew I had such love for them. And I had in my heart, no racism or sexism Mm -hmm. or ageism or anything else. So it's about intention. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you know, it's a friend and also with a friend, you can just be like, Oh, that's okay. That's not really my concern or helpful Mm -hmm. right now, but thank you. Mm -hmm. And it's just like tolerance, you know? Yeah. Yes. So uh, I see we're running out of time. <laughs> and I really need a smoothie. <laughs> we'll get that, that set right over to you. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Because I just started getting like my, my doctor had said, you know, try to eat something with whole foods. Mm, yeah. Just that's painless. That isn't too quote unquote healthy. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, this smoothie shit really gets that mm. vitamin stuff in there. It does. So I'm like, oh my God, you really do get hungry when every two hours. Mm-hmm. You totally oh, do. Make me a chocolate mint smoothie. Ooh, yeah. Man, that sounds good. Yeah. How do you, yeah. before we go, how do you make it? Oh my God. Well, I just do daily harvest. And by the way, okay. I am such a millennial that I order from daily harvest. It's such a, like, cause you hear it on podcasts all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And what makes me laugh is like, I am not a spokesperson, nor do I get paid. But after today, I'm going to call them and said, I mentioned you on a podcast. Send me a smoothie bit. <laughs> yeah. Send them our way. We yeah, want to try right. them. Yeah. We yes. haven't tried them yet. Yeah. yeah so no, we good. haven't. We, I mean, and we try so many. Me too. Every it's Thursday. the easiest thing ever. It's literally comes every Friday or Thursday. Mm-hmm. You order six to eight items or nine to 12 or whatever it is in their bowls. And there's all this crazy, cool stuff. And you go, oh my God, like that's the easiest thing. Cause you put it in a blender, add milk and it's done. Whoa. So huh. I'm very that's lazy awesome. when it comes to food because I'm like, I don't care. So it's good for me. So yeah. And they it. better advertise eventually with both of us. That's all I'm saying. Yes. yes. I love that. They can do it on your podcast. With Daily the- Harvest. <laughs> Get it together. Yeah. Come on now. Yes. Go sponsor the losers with a dream and then yeah. sponsor That's RC by right, podcast. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. yeah. It's perfect. All right. Well. Oh my God. Thank you so much for being on. Yes. We can't even express how exciting this was and we can't wait Aww. for our next topic. Yes. Absolutely. You guys, I'm an open book. God bless you. Listen to Losers with a Dream available everywhere. And if you don't know how to spell losers, then you're out of my life. <laughs> then you are a loser. <laughs> Thank all you right. Guys. Thank you. All right. Thank you. To all of our Our Sleeved Life podcast listeners, we love you guys so much and we will see you next time. Bye. Hey, listeners, if you've enjoyed your time with us, please rate, review and subscribe on any platform that you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on Patreon.com forward slash OSLP for exclusive content with your favorite girls ever. Yeah. And also check out our YouTube page. Subscribe, hit that little bell so you get notified when our new videos drop a week after they are released. Yeah, and we would like to give a big thank you to Anne-Marie Cruz for our logos, Eric Vaughn with 17th Street Studios because he provides our music and our recording yes, space. Thanks for listening to Our Sleeve Live podcast where we are breaking that stigma one episode at a time. 